Hello, this is Andy, and you're listening to Federal Andy. Do you believe in karma? Karma is that moment when someone who has done something bad to another person has something bad happen to them. And you have to wonder if it is nature's way of retaliating for what they did before. Sometimes it happens immediately. Like when someone cuts you off in traffic, they pass you on the shoulder on the right side and cut in front of you to avoid congestion and traffic. And then all of a sudden you see a cop pulling up behind with their lights flashing and you know they have been nabbed and they're going to get a ticket. Or when somebody does something in traffic and then you see them down the road with a flat tire or they're pulled over. Sometimes karma happens almost immediately. And when it does, it's a really sweet thing. I think everybody loves it when someone who has been bad finally gets held accountable for their actions. But sometimes it takes a long time. Sometimes people go years and they just seem to skirt by with uh, very few bumps in the road. And you keep thinking, when is karma going to catch up to them? When are they going to be held accountable for all of these things that they have done to hurt so many people? Well, this week, we have seen the results of karma. Fox News was fined $787.5 million for lying to its viewers repeatedly for years about Dominion voting systems. The big lie. The 2020 election was rigged because the voting machines switched votes from Trump to Biden. Not true. Not true. Not a shred of evidence to show that that's true. Yet we still have folks on the right side telling us that the 2020 election was stolen. And do you know that a lot of Republicans, I think the majority, or close to the majority, still believe that? Still, years later, in the complete absence of any proof, they still believe it. And apparently Fox News found out at the last minute before their trial started that Dominion had evidence that was so devastating to Fox that they could not risk that evidence becoming known to the public. So they settled. 
They settled to the tune of $787.5 million, and they had to issue a statement, very carefully worded, that said to the public, we have been lying to you. I think they called it falsities or falsified facts or something like that. It was worded very carefully to not make it apparent that the network had really done anything wrong. But come on, when you have to scrape up almost $800 million to settle and avoid going to court, <laughs> you've done something wrong. And the number one person on Fox, Tucker Carlson, lost his job on Monday morning. He has been one of the worst ones for spreading lies about the election. And he's pretty obviously a racist. Well, karma visited him on Monday morning when he unexpectedly was fired from his job at Fox News. Now, don't worry about Tucker. He's going to get along just fine. He's been earning, I've heard, anywhere from 31 to $40 million a year and is still under contract to Fox and apparently is going to be paid through the end of his contract as long as he behaves himself, which means he has to kind of stay out of the news he can't appear on competing networks or anything like that for a period of time. Well, you might think karma finally caught up to him. His lies finally took him down. But in this instance, that's not really the truth. What apparently did in Tucker Carlson was the fact that he had made disparaging remarks about his bosses. That's what did it. Wasn't lying to the viewers year after year after year. Wasn't being a racist. It was being disrespectful and saying disparaging things about his bosses at Fox. That's what actually took him down. I'm still going to call it a win. I don't know how you feel, but uh, we'll see what happens next. So I'm going to talk a little bit about karma in this episode and a few other things that are going on in the news. If you're interested in that, stay tuned. Episode 158, Karma. Before I get started, I would like to say hello and welcome to all of the new listeners to Federal Andy. We have a lot of new subscribers and listeners over the last few weeks. Do you remember the I Love Lucy episode where Lucy Ricardo decided that she wanted to write a book? 
And she put her heart into it. She sat there at her typewriter at the desk in the living room, typing away with the pencil in her teeth. And she submitted the finished book to publishers who turned her down one after another. And finally, one day, one of the publishers decided that they wanted to do business with her. And she was thrilled. But that didn't last for long because after she spoke to the publisher, she discovered they didn't want to publish the whole book. They just wanted to use an excerpt from it to put in another book about writing. Lucy thought, well, it's not exactly what I wanted, but hey, something that I have written is going to be in a book on how to write. So she very quickly justified that as a good thing until the publisher told her, we want this to be in the chapter titled, Don't Let This Happen to You. <laughs> and the thought has occurred to me that a lot of people may be listening to the podcast because it's so bad you've just got to listen to this guy. He has no idea what he's doing. And while I realize that's a very distinct possibility, I might do that if the shoes were on another foot. But nevertheless, I am learning. I will remind Everybody who's been here from the beginning, thank you for those of you who have endured the last year plus. I uh, am not a professional. I'm not a professional podcaster. That should probably be glaringly obvious to anybody who listens to my podcasts. But you know what? Everybody has to start someplace. And not a professional speaker, I'm not an attorney, I'm not a politician, a former prosecutor, journalist, professional writer, I'm none of those things. I am just an ordinary American citizen who didn't particularly pay a lot of attention to politics when I was growing up. I remember seeing news about the Vietnam War on TV back in the 60s when I was a very small kid. And I thought, I don't like this. I don't like this. And I remember Watergate. Didn't like that either. I remember when President Ford pardoned Nixon. Didn't like that. And then Reagan attacking the air traffic controllers and the unions, telling us that government was the problem, not the solution. I remember thinking, why are you in government then? He'd been governor of California. Now he was president. If he hates government so much, why does he want to be right in the big middle of it all? Iran-Contra, that was a stinky deal. And of course, more pardons for that. Then we had the uh, 2000 election. You want to talk about a rigged election? 
uh, baby Bush was basically handed the presidency by the Supreme Court. Didn't like that either. And then the war and the lies about weapons of mass destruction and Saddam Hussein was going to attack America. Lie, lie, lie. Didn't like that either. The torture. Just the whole, that whole period of time to me made me very angry. And then Obama came along. I had some high hopes for him. He was a little disappointing. I wanted him to be a little more progressive and a little less establishment. But he had a mess to clean up, and he did a pretty good job. I did notice that the Republicans offered absolutely no help in cleaning up the mess they had created with the Great Depression. And then Trump came along. And the gun violence and the mass shootings almost on a daily basis. And I decided I needed to do something. I knew better than to run for a position in politics because I would never survive. I would never make it. I would be very, <laughs> very likely to call someone out and tell them they are a liar to their face on the floor of the whatever chamber I might be in. I just wouldn't make it. So I decided to try a podcast. Everybody has to do something. This is not all I want to do, but it is getting my foot in the door. So with that in mind, I realized that I have a lot of issues. The manner in which I speak, some of the words I use, some of the things that I do are, I don't like them either. <laughs> and you have to realize that a lot of people don't realize how they sound to other people. So you might want to record yourself. Hey, try doing a podcast. And you'll realize all of the things that you do and say that you don't realize you're doing and saying. And that's the first step in addressing them. So that said, welcome to everybody. I am working hard to make things better on the podcast. I'm playing with microphones, trying to find one that will make things sound better. So far, I have not had much luck. It could be user error, but I'm going to keep trying until I find one that actually sounds good. So getting back to the topic of this episode, karma. Do you think that uh, karma is now visiting Rupert Murdoch and the Murdoch family and News Corporation, which owns Fox News? Well, on Tuesday, the first day after everybody realized that Tucker Carlson was gone, Fox News lost viewers. They lost viewers to CNN as well as MSNBC in the 8 o'clock hour. And the age group 
of viewers that most broadcasters and advertisers are the most interested in is the um, adult 25 to 54 age group. And uh, so in this instance, the um, overall uh, viewership on Fox kept Fox number one, but this targeted age group, this demographic that all of the advertisers and the broadcasters really focus on, um, Fox News lost to um, Anderson Cooper on CNN and Chris Hayes on MSNBC. And a lot of the viewers apparently are going to Newsmax. Now, Newsmax is still a very, very small potato in a big field, but they are picking up some, some uh, viewers. Fox has typically been the number one source of news among conservatives. And one of the reasons for that is that Fox is available on most cable networks and most satellite networks. Very often you will find Fox News is the default channel that is on televisions in waiting rooms and, you know, military bases. Everybody, it seems, watched Fox News. And as such, it is available in more homes than a lot of the other networks. But Fox did something that their viewers didn't like back on election night in 2020. And what they did is they reported accurate election news. And that news was that the state of Arizona, which was considered a swing state, but was kind of expected to go to Trump, at least if you asked some experts, actually went to Biden. And Fox News was the first major news station or news broadcaster to come out with that announcement. And their viewers did not like that because that meant that their idol, Donald Trump, was not going to be reelected for a second term as president of the United States. They did not hear what they wanted to hear, and it made them mad. And they turned away from Fox, and their ratings dropped. Fox's ratings dropped because they pissed off their viewers. Now, <laughs> you might kind of think, well, it's the truth, and you can't always have good news, right? That's kind of the way it is in the news world. You're going to hear some good news sometimes, and other times you're going to hear bad news. But you normally want factual, honest 
fair and balanced news, right? No, not if you're a Fox viewer. Uh-uh. No, no. No. Don't want that. So Fox learned a lesson. And that lesson was we've got to tell our viewers what they want to hear, not what is actually really going on, but what they want to hear. After all, we have to be concerned about the price of our stock, right? Yeah. So Fox News set about making sure that the news their viewers saw on Fox was what they wanted to hear. And what they wanted to hear was that Donald Trump didn't lose. He didn't lose the 2020 election. It was rigged. It was stolen from him. And they blamed it on the voting machines. Dominion Voting Systems was one of the companies that provided voting machines that were accused of being involved in this election rigging. The other company was Smartmatic. Smartmatic also has a lawsuit against Fox right now. They haven't gone to court yet. Um, we'll see if they do. <laughs> uh, apparently, Smartmatic ha has said that not only do they have all of the discovery things, all of the documents and information that Dominion had, but they have additional stuff. And now they can go to court and say, Fox just lost, or Fox just settled with Dominion to the tune of $787.5 million and admitted that they uh, provided false information. That is not a good position to be in starting off in a court case if you're Fox News and having to defend the things that you said about another voting machine company. That's just not something that you want to have to do. So I'm kind of guessing that Fox is probably planning on settling with Smartmatic as well. I think that they would be foolish to move forward and let more negative information come out. But who knows? Everybody was kind of surprised that they allowed it to go on as long as they did. So, was this karma? Was that karma kind of trying to even the score a bit with Fox News? Well, uh, I guess Dominion is pretty happy with the whole situation. They have uh, plenty of money now and basically kind of put Fox News in its place. We'll have to see what happens with the folks at Smartmatic. But you know what? There is another group that has been harmed by Fox News. And that group is the American people. Because prior to the 2020 election, Americans, for the most part, 
believed the outcome of our elections. And they really had no reason not to. The elections are managed at the state level by local elected representatives. Different types of machines are used, different protocols are used in counting and auditing the votes. There's not a lot of consistency between the states, although there are some states that kind of do things the same way. But because it is a state-controlled process, there are different policies in different states. Some states will count mail-in ballots as soon as they come in. So on election night, when the polls close in their state, they can immediately post a lot of the mail-in ballots. Other states don't even start counting those ballots until after the polls have closed, or some of them will start on election day. So there's not a lot of consistency. Some states are run by Democrats, some are run by Republicans. And sometimes the states run by Democrats would go for Republicans. Sometimes states run by Republicans would go for Democrats. That's just the way it was. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. And while the 2000 election between George W. Bush and Al Gore was a unique situation in which the Supreme Court basically kind of intervened and handed the election to George W. Bush. We now know afterwards, after the fact, that Al Gore actually was the winner. And if uh, Florida had been allowed to finish that last little audit of its election count, Al Gore would have won Florida. I think it was 500 and something votes. Probably would have had to have been audited again. It was so close, but anyway, that was the first election where we probably had a president who really should not have been in the White House because he really lost. But that wasn't the truth with the 2020 election. But the difference is, in the past, for instance, in Al Gore's case, for the good of the country, he said, yep, Bush won. I'm out. Good luck. And we went on. Of course, that was a big mistake. Because first thing George Bush did was cut taxes, mostly for the wealthy. And he ignored a presidential daily briefing that said that uh, Al-Qaeda was determined to strike the United States using commercial aircraft. Hmm. Seems like that might be something you would want to respond to. But they thought that was just a warning from, oh, that was just old intelligence. No need to worry about that. <laughs> and then not even a month later, boom, 
we all know what happened, and resulted in a war in which uh, we tortured prisoners, we outed our own CIA agents during a time of war, agents that were undercover and dealing in nuclear proliferation. Kind of an important thing, huh? And of course, by outing that CIA agent, we also outed a whole bunch of people around the world who were working with that agent. Nice. Nice, huh? But the reason that the 2020 election became such a problem was because the man who lost the election legitimately, Donald Trump, is a small, shallow little man with a thin skin who cannot tolerate losing. A family member by the name of Mary Trump, who does not share the typical Trump family values, thankfully, she has higher standards for herself. She is a niece of Donald Trump's. And she said that one of the worst things in the Trump family was to be called a loser or labeled a loser. And because Donald Trump is one of the biggest narcissists that has ever walked the face of the earth, he can't handle loss. He can't handle rejection. And this was a humiliating public disgrace to him. So, Rather than admit that he lost, he said the election was stolen, it was rigged. And they planned all of this before the election even happened, because I guess their internal polling showed that uh, Americans weren't too happy with him. He had been impeached by the House of Representatives, the Senate held a sham trial and did not vote to remove him from office. Of course, they didn't allow really any witnesses or evidence or anything. It was a sham. And we now know that a lot of Republicans in Congress were working in concert with the Trump administration, members of his administration, to rig the election if they had to. And we don't know all the facts yet, but the evidence that we have seen is pretty damning. And there's an awful lot of Republicans in both the House of Representatives and in the Senate who apparently were involved in this scheme. And, you know, the Constitution has a few things in it about people who um, aid and abet or provide comfort to people who try to commit insurrection, stage a coup, things like that. And basically they cannot serve in public office. 
and yet they are. So a lot of people in the United States of America are waiting for karma to come visit these folks. And when it does, I hope it's a jolt to the system because I think we need a jolt to the system right now. A lot of Americans are complacent when it comes to politics and what's going on in their lives. A lot of Americans have decided to lower their standards to a point where it's almost anything goes. And how we address that is certainly beyond me. But I do think a big jolt to the system, having a lot of people arrested and charged with a lot of very serious crimes, maybe we'll do it. But when you have companies like Fox News telling these people what they want to hear, that this is all a witch hunt, none of this is true, this is all the swamp creatures just trying to uh, take it out on poor Donald Trump. And Donald Trump will tell you that the reason they're not after you, America, is because they're after me. I'm standing between you and them. I'm the only thing protecting you. Which is total bullpucky. But that's what he tells his viewers, his supporters. And when you've got companies like Newsmax and Fox News repeating that, it becomes a problem. And I believe there will be evidence to show that when these charges do eventually come down, there's going to be evidence to show this is legit. And hopefully there'll be something that these folks can't deny. We recently, just this past uh, week, heard on, I believe it was on Chris Hayes' show, All In with Chris Hayes on MSNBC, that the uh, there's a, a woman who was a producer on the Tucker Carlson show who is now suing Fox News also. She made tapes of some things that were discussed while she was one of the producers. And on those tapes, on one of them is Senator Ted Cruz. Republican from Texas discussing the plans for January 6th. This is before the election. And he's a sitting senator. And he's conspiring to find a way around the vote of the American people, basically. He wants to work out a way to overthrow the government and allow Donald Trump to remain in the White House. You think somebody like that should be in Congress today, over two years later? I sure don't. So we're all waiting on karma. Hopefully it is en route. And <laughs> I hate to use this word, but hopefully karma's arrival is imminent.
Let me note before I continue that Newsmax, which is a very conservative network, has figured out that they can take advantage of this situation with the bad news coming from Fox News and the dismissal of Tucker Carlson. And they have pretty much declared themselves to be the true home for conservative, Trump-supporting, right-wing Americans. And it's not lost on Newsmax that these conservative viewers don't want to be told the truth. They want to be told what they want to be told. So Newsmax has already started to push the narrative that the dismissal of Fox News's number one on-air personality was actually a capitulation by Fox News. They gave in to the lying liberal left. And Fox News is moving away from the truth on the right, more toward the left, which is nothing but lies. That's what they're going to tell all of their viewers. And of course, that's exactly the opposite of the truth. Because if you want to hear lies, <laughs> you're going to watch Fox News and Newsmax, obviously. And you don't have to go to liberal networks, which I almost want to laugh when people say MSNBC is a liberal network, because it's not. MSNBC is owned by a corporation, Comcast, and they're hardly a liberal organization. So <laughs> when you hear the folks on the right talk about the liberal media, that is perhaps the biggest lie that has ever been inflicted upon the American people. Because if you actually look at the number of radio stations broadcasting in the United States of America, you will find that the stations that carry conservative talk programming are far, far greater in number than the stations that carry progressive programming. And while the conservatives actually have three cable networks, one American network, Newsmax, and Fox News, that are definitely right-leaning, way right-leaning, there really is nothing that is completely progressive. MSNBC is not progressive. Neither is CNN. As a matter of fact, CNN is now leaning more toward the right, and their ratings have fallen off because of that, because folks that are used to watching Fox may go to Newsmax because they're unhappy with Fox, but they sure aren't going to switch over to CNN. Not unless they all of a sudden decide they really want to know what the truth is. And, you know, that's one of those things you probably have to find on your own if you want to know the truth. So, anyway, 
to continue on with things that are happening right now, you know, we have been trying to pass a constitutional equal rights amendment that guarantees gender equality in this country. It's true, we are still dealing with gender equality, male versus female. And it wasn't that long ago that females were fighting for the right to vote. Well, it was a long time ago, but in this big scheme of history, the big picture, it wasn't that long ago, I guess. But as recently as 1972, a woman who wanted a credit card had to get her husband to give her permission to have a credit card. 72. We still have problems with women not being paid the same as a man when they are doing basically the same job. And in some cases, the female is doing a superior job to the male and is being paid less for it. So we kind of have a need for an equal rights amendment that puts it into law. And we have been trying to get that passed for a very, very long time. And this week, 51 senators, just this last Thursday, voted on a resolution that supported the uh, eliminating a past deadline for ratification of the Equal Rights Amendment. And that would have effectively, effectively deemed the Equal Rights Amendment to be ratified. When you want to ratify something, you want to add a constitutional amendment, you have to get a certain number of states to going through their legislature. They have to ratify it in their own legislatures. And that takes some time. And apparently there was a time limit on it. And uh, the time limit is probably not realistic when you consider that half of the time our elected public servants are out campaigning and not really actually working for the people. They're working for themselves. So anyway, there was a uh, great hope that uh, this was going to pass, but 46 Republicans voted to filibuster the legislation, which basically left it hanging still. The Senate really needs to do away with the filibuster. Filibuster is a excuse for senators to go home and tell their constituents the reason something didn't pass was because it got filibustered. I would have voted for it if it had been brought to the floor, but it was filibustered, so I couldn't vote on it. And that way they don't have to go on record. It's an escape route and they need to do away with it. If you go back and look at the history of the filibuster, it was really designed to keep black people under control. And uh, we have missed out on some legislation that would have been very good for the American people because of the filibuster. So that really needs to, that really needs to go away.
And, um, you know, it's just a shame that we still have a problem with sex discrimination in the United States of America in 2023. And what's even more appalling is that women in the Republican Party support this. Uh, I don't understand women that vote against legislation for their own gender. I don't understand black people that support a political party that's very obviously racist. I don't understand gay people that support a political party that is very obviously homophobic. I just, I don't get it. It, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me at all. Um, the, uh, Senate, uh, majority leader, Chuck Schumer changed his vote on the, um, uh, amendment, uh, to no at the last minute. And that was for procedural reasons, because, um, if you, um, uh, if you vote no, that allows him the opportunity to move to reconsider and bring the resolution up again in the future. Whereas if he voted for it, he wouldn't have that ability. I know, does that make any kind of sense at all? Anyway, but that's what he has, that's what he did. And, you know, it's been a hundred years since the first Equal Rights Amendment was proposed in Congress. A hundred years. American women have been waiting a hundred years for legislation that makes discrimination based on sex, on gender, illegal. What the heck? Seriously? It's, I can't even imagine it. I can't even imagine it. We live in a world where women are being treated like they are second-class citizens in comparison to men. Women are no longer permitted to make their own health choices in many states, which are mostly controlled by Republicans. And they won't even support saying you can't discriminate against somebody because of their gender. The Republicans won't support that. And that includes female Republicans. So um, I don't, it's just appalling. It's appalling to me. Personally, I trust women to make their own health care choices. And I think that uh, that choice should be between the woman and her doctor. And if she wants to have her family involved in that decision, then that is up to her. But it certainly should not be up to a bunch of unrelated white Republican men who don't even know what it's like to have a baby because they can't have one. They have no idea what goes through a woman's body, the changes that occur. They need to butt out. I certainly understand that there are some people who have a problem with abortion. I get that. 
but nobody's forcing you to have an abortion. So if you don't want to have an abortion, don't have one, but don't stick your fingers in somebody else's pudding. Governor Ron DeSantis from Florida and tell them what they can and cannot do with their own bodies. It's a healthcare choice. It's a matter of privacy. And now they're passing legislation preventing women from traveling across state lines to get health care, namely abortions. And, you know, a lot of people will talk about their anti-abortion stance being uh, based on religion. Okay, and, and they're mostly Christians. Have they read the Bible? Because... There's a lot of stuff in the Bible that seems to make it uh, okay with God if you have an abortion. There's a lot of stuff in the Bible about abortions. So, you know, we're supposed to have uh, a separation of church and state, which means your religious beliefs cannot be forced upon someone else who doesn't share your religious beliefs. And as a way of recognizing that, that person's religious beliefs cannot be forced on you. So you are free to practice your religion as you see fit, as long as you're not sticking your fingers in somebody else's pudding, telling them what they can and cannot do with their own lives. When your rights start interfering with someone else's rights, it's time for your rights to stop. They stop when it starts interfering in somebody else's life. That is the limit on your rights, whether it's right to free speech, right to bear arms, or <laughs> right to make your own healthcare choices. So anyway, it, it's hard to believe that we're still fighting this fight, but we absolutely must get past some of this stuff that we have been, do you know, it's since 1972, um, Congress first approved and sent to the states for ratification the Equal Rights Amendment. 1972. Section one of the Equal Rights Amendment uh, was that equality of rights under the law shall not be denied or abridged by the United States or by any state on account of a person's gender or sex. Section 2 said that the Congress shall have the power to enforce by appropriate legislation the provisions of this amendment, this article. And Section 3 said that this amendment shall take effect two years after the date of ratification. And uh, there was a seven-year deadline attached to this, which um, allowed time for three-quarters of the states to approve it. So three-fourths of all of the states have to uh, run this Equal Rights Amendment through their own legislatures and approve it and, and basically make it the law in that state. And when we've reached the three-fourths point, then it just goes through uh, Congress, the U.S. Congress, and it's ratified and it becomes an amendment to the Constitution. 
So basically, we have to have 38 states ratify the Equal Rights Amendment. And by 1978, 35 of the necessary 38 states had voted in favor of ratification. So because there were still a few states that were <laughs> struggling to get this passed, I mean, how can you, I don't, I, how can you be a woman and not be for this? How can you be a man and face women? I, I don't get it. I'd be ashamed. I'd be ashamed. I wouldn't want to be around any women at all because they'd all, I would want them all to look at me and point their finger and shame me. Shame on you. Anyway, uh, Congress passed a bill that extended the deadline until June of 1982. So that was 10 years from the time that this thing began. And uh, opponents, yeah, who are, why are we opposing this? Uh, challenged the extension in court. And it was headed for the Supreme Court, but before that happened, the deadline expired and the case was dismissed as moot. It all passed. Which makes you wonder, why is it, why is the court system so slow? Anyway, uh, recently advocates of the Equal Rights Amendment have tried to um, bring back the effort to get this thing ratified. And uh, one of the things that they pointed out was that uh, very possibly the deadline that was set by uh, Congress might not have been valid if it was not in the amendments text itself. So between 2017 and 2020, Nevada, Illinois, and Virginia each voted to ratify the amendment, bringing the total to 38 states. And uh, in 2020, the Department of Justice, during the Donald Trump nightmare presidency, um, and again, uh, Joe Biden in 2022, said that the expiration uh, date was uh, valid and that the constitutional amendment could not be ratified. So uh, going back to 2020 again, the uh, House of Representatives was led by Democrats at the time, and they approved a, a resolution that eliminated the deadline that was passed uh, back that made it 19, the, the 82, 1982 deadline. I think that passed in 1978, actually. Um, and uh, they uh, approved a resolution to eliminate the, the deadline. And uh, that uh, uh, received a vote of 232 to 183. And another resolution passed the House again in March of 2021 with a vote of 222 to 204. And neither one of those got a vote in the Senate because, you know, we've got all these crazy Senate rules like the, the filibuster and holds all of that kind of stuff that um, are designed, I think, to give senators an out. They don't have to explain why they voted a certain way on something because it never makes it to the floor. So um, 
um, Cindy Hyde-Smith, who is a Republican in Mississippi, uh, says that she opposes the Equal Rights Amendment, and she appears to be a, a, a woman. So apparently she feels that she is somehow inferior to men and doesn't deserve to have equal rights, which makes me wonder why she thinks that she should even be in Congress or in the legislature and, uh, you know, why should she be able to do that? If she's inferior, she should resign and let them put a man in her place, right? And she says that she opposes it uh, on the grounds that, and this is a quote, one, ERA ratification would nullify existing protections for women. Two, amendment advocates' true motive is to use the ERA to enshrine the right to an abortion in the Constitution. And three, efforts to retroactively revive an expired 1972 ERA is unconstitutional. She goes on to say, quote, I am particularly concerned about the privacy and safety for women and girls that the Equal Rights Amendment would destroy, end quote. Um, And then, well, actually, she did go on and she says locker rooms, prisons, hospital rooms, domestic violence, shelters and restrooms would all allow men into areas where women should feel safe and protected, end quote. So I should point out that Mississippi the state that Cindy Hyde-Smith is from has a very, very, very high rate of infant mortality, one of the highest in the nation. Those babies are basically being aborted due to poor health care in Mississippi. So, Senator Hyde-Smith, why don't you do something about that? Huh? Why don't you do something about that? And I'll just say this before I close. This whole thing with restrooms and your gender is just, in my opinion, is complete BS. If a person is born female, okay, biologically, they come out of the womb and they are a female. They have female organs. And at some point during their lives, they decide that they are not comfortable being a female and that they really want to be a man. I don't think that's anybody else's business but theirs. So they begin the process of transitioning to be a male. And let me tell y'all something. Chances are really good that you know somebody that you think is a man that has transitioned. I have met a couple of guys that told me that they actually had transitioned. They were female to male. And you, there was nothing, nothing that would have made me think that that was the case if they hadn't told me. Absolutely nothing. So the theory is, This person who looks to be a male, has a mustache and a beard and hairy chest, is supposed to use the women's restroom? Seriously? Do you not think that that would cause a little bit of commotion? What are they supposed to do? Unzip their pants and say, oh, here I am, you know, I'm a female, really. That person could go into a men's room 
and go into a stall and use the bathroom and nobody would even think twice. And the same thing is true for males who transition into females. If you have a female walking into the men's room, uh, isn't that going to cause more to do than uh, if a female goes into the women's room and uses the women's restroom? What are y'all doing? Looking at everybody's private parts, staring at them while they're in the restroom? I mean, come on, guys. If you've seen one, you've seen them all, right? Anyway, on that note, I'm going to let you guys and gals go. And the next podcast for Federal Andy is scheduled for tomorrow. I can't promise that because things around here have been crazy this week. I'm trying to get things done and the weather hasn't cooperated and a bevy of other things have happened. So I'm doing my best. But as always, I do appreciate your time very much and we'll try to get something out for Sunday. In the meantime, I hope you have a great Saturday afternoon and evening, unless you have other plans. Again, welcome to all of the new listeners and subscribers. I appreciate it very, very much. And please know that I am working very diligently to improve the podcast. There's a lot of things about it that I don't like that are going to be changed. So hang in there with me. And I do appreciate your time. Thank you for listening. I would be grateful to you if you'd subscribe and share this podcast to let your friends and family know about it. You can also find me on Twitter at Federal Andy. And I'd be really grateful if you would follow me. I usually follow back. Be happy, safe, and healthy. And I'll hopefully be talking to you again next week. Thank mm-hmm. you.